0: couple of months ago uh, I was uh, teaching with uh, in France with um, Charles Genoux and somebody asked I think it was in the a, a Q&A where often you have questions about like technique you know? so, so uh, somebody asked what is the the Buddha says that There can be liberation. It's liberation of freedom from what? And uh, you know, what came to my mind was uh, freedom from confusion, freedom from uh, hatred, you know, freedom from the difficult mind states. And Charles said, "Oh, the Buddha was uh, saying that uh, the path of practice is leading to the to freedom from." uh, from uh, disease, old age and death <laughs> it, it's it sounded true but also like kind of far out to present it like this you know like, how oh, just freedom from uh, disease uh, old age and death I thought oh we're, we're a little further away from stress reduction you know, like <laughs> <laughs> we're clearly not in the world of uh, MBSR my mind, mindfulness based stress reduction. We've we've gone somewhere else. (laughs) Where where are we? (laughs) And uh, I liked what he said after. He said something like, uh, he said, so clearly, this is going to require a little change of perspective, you know, because the way I'm experiencing life here now, there is going to be, for this being old age, sickness and death, it's going to be unavoidable, you know, so... It's either you think this is too far, uh, you, know, uh, you know, trying to sell something that is not possible, you know, or there's going to be a little change of perspective needed. And I like that answer because, um, yeah, so it's not that old age uh, disease and death is not going to happen, it's the way it's held. So the freedom from, uh, it's very much related to what I was talking about yesterday evening, when there's an identification, a fusion, an owning, a a false, from the perspective of the Buddhist psychology, a false appropriation, like a, a wrongful appropriation of something natural. Of course that comes with sickness, disease, and death for you, you know. But if it's not appropriated, if it's left to nature, then one would be freed from disease, sickness, and death. And it's not just death, you think like the moment of death, and that might be who knows when, but it might very well be in 20 years for some of us, you know. So it's kind of far but the freedom from death means also the freedom from obsessing about it, thinking about it, dreading it. You know, which is a more like daily occurrence, or the not so much the freedom from uh, disease that might come. There might be a diagnosis at some point in one's life, or maybe, you know, yeah. So that might happen way down the line, but. The slight little fear that it could happen when you hear about somebody else's diagnosis. <laughs> what about me? You know that th- that freedom from that, and the freedom from old age doesn't mean there has to be old age now, and there might be, but if you're young, that fear of you know, so the freedom from the fear of old age also, and how is that change of perspective happening? So at one point in their quest, the Buddha was um, like striving. Uh? That's what the story or legend tells us, that there was a first part of his practice where there was a lot of striving, kind of a workaholism, you know, achievement. or uh, And it was, uh, it was really hard on his body, making him sick, and uh, he was depleted. And there's a moment where he is actually falling on the ground just about to lose consciousness because he's exhausted from trying to get somewhere you know from trying to get it you might have had this experience here i'm trying to get this darn meditation you know and trying to get something out of it and the expectation the evaluation and the stress around that and the turning point in this practice is to me is, is so so uh, impressive and surprising. I don't know exactly what it, what it uh, elicited in me. But the turning point is he has a li- as a. So he's a person in his tw- in his twenties, searching, really hardcore searching, uh, ascetic practices, extremely demanding. This is like. Summer camp here, you know, never lying down, one grain of rice a day, uh, standing on one leg all day, you know, trying to avoid everything that is pleasant, because one of the belief at that time was that uh, pleasantness was creating attachment, so that you shouldn't experience pleasant, because you would get attached, you know, and so that was one of the the, the things. So not indulging at all, like in beauty, taste, you know, nice taste, etc., nothing of that, you know, like really harsh. And then, just before losing consciousness, he has this insight that actually the logical path of this is not liberation, it's death. You know, if if you take it a little bit further, this path, You die, and nothing was accomplished. There was no freedom. There was just kind of an expression of hate for life, and the body, etc. And the the little memory that comes in his mind is of himself as a kid. As a kid. Like, I don't know, would it be like a six- or eight-year-old? In the summer, maybe, or... Actually, it was the... Was it the harvest? No, it was the springtime. But let's change the story to fit the circumstances here. (laughs) It was just after harvest time. (laughs) (laughs) And the leaves in the maples in India were turning red. (laughs) (laughs) And there were ladybugs, because it was a party. And so he has this memory as he's like laying down, initiated. They say that you could see, looking at his front, you could see his backbone, looking at his belly because he was so like this. And uh, he has this memory of him being a kid in nature. Just being a kid when, you know, as kids, many of us had that. little times of contemplation, very natural, suddenly like, connecting with an insect or with the temperature or something, with the tree moving. I remember for me it's uh, spending a lot of time watching uh, in winter snowflakes fall, just like lay down in in the snow and just watch snowflake falls, you know, and touch my skin, kind of coldness, until I would hear... In winter, you move, Pascal, move. My mom, (laughs) don't stay in the cold like this. Play. (laughs) And then the door would close again. (laughs) But in that moment of just being simply there, there's something absolutely natural. I was not like receiving technique from a teacher. You know, you have to do this and not do that. And there's something absolutely natural Of connecting with the world an intimacy with the world being there and so that's the memory that the buddha to be has is he's there and he thinks okay so there's all these practices but there was something i was doing naturally when i was a kid i remember sitting under a tree and there was just the breeze and the heat and the workers in the field you know and and there was there was something there there might be something there. I think I'm going to follow that path. <coughs> I think I'm going to try to go back to this. This is very balanced mind. There's no forcing in this mind. The mind is naturally connected. It's uh, There's something very soft in that, but also very present, very full, very rich. I'm already putting a lot of words on it. But something very natural, And this is what became uh, the liberating middle (coughs) path. This became the path that he spent uh, the rest of his life teaching. And so it's good for us to come back to this here and say there's actually something very natural. And we might spend a lot of time evaluating, am I doing it right, am I catching everything, you know? but what we're talking about is something that is natural, in the right circumstances, you know. Um, and so, an invitation maybe to uh, see how you, in your own way, can go back to that, you know. And it actually, I think it fits the descriptions that I've done, I've given in the last few days, you know, of uh, paying attention uh, in a kind way, in a non-forcing way in an allowing not demanding for this or that but meeting what is there so um, so maybe we could uh, explore this a little bit so i invite you to find your posture for meditation And like the Buddha to be that kid, you're not stuck in that posture. It's not about having a good posture and being rigid in it. It's about uh, finding a comfortable seat where the body can rest for a little while, and the mind also can rest and be touched by what is happening exactly this not something else but this that is happening now Now take a few minutes to guide and then we'll go in silence for maybe 20 or 25 minutes. The Buddha compared uh, the experience of the body to foam by the side of the ocean, each wave's changing form, pointing to the ephemeral nature, the dynamic nature of the sensory experience. See if you can discover this for yourself. the life happening now, even in the stillness, the tingling, the expansion, contraction, the heat releasing, or the cold, tingling. vibrations at the ear door, and light flowing through the eyes, even with the eyes closed, a shower of light. Paired the experiences of uh, pleasure and displeasure to little bubbles. Notice how the neutrality of the silence is replaced by a lovely sound or an unpleasant one. How a calming in breath, a refreshing in breath happens just before or after and unpleasant sensations felt somewhere. compared perceptions to mirages. Notice how a sound will create an image in the mind of a car, of a person laughing. How might appear the image of your knees hands, the images of this afternoon, home, appearing and disappearing. There are mental formations, the story told in the mind to banana tree trunks, big trees, big leaves, flowers, fruits, empty at the core, no hardwood, falling to the ground right after it bears its fruit. The story told no core to them. Although they might be charged with emotions, at some point they fall to the ground. And are composted, disappearing, and finally, compared consciousness experiences of knowing, to a big magic show, a moment of consciousness of a sound, a moment of consciousness of a sensation. All these so close together that they create the illusion of a permanent me, I, I. The great magic show can you allow hearing to be known? Sensations to be known, thoughts, emotions, space, a quietness, a silence to be known freely without any kind of owning Moments of consciousness born as thoughts, as impressions, as sensations, each one of them passing. If there can be a lightness of heart, buoyancy, allowing for all these comings and goings, the great space here of kindness. to mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. So, when he was uh, sitting under the tree, what did he experience? So, some people say, tell the story of uh, him experiencing uh, the ease of a gathered mind, of a quiet mind, and discovering that taste of quietness, of spaciousness, but also... um, that probably uh, he saw, looking at the field, uh, how birds would come down and eat uh, worms, and how the ox working in the field was uh, pulling on heavy pieces of material, and it was hard, and how the farmer was sweating, and uh, was touched by the whole of life. Uh, he probably saw his mind Get busy with stories, and suddenly feeling again the maybe the grass on which he was sitting, the rock. One story tells of his um, stepmother calling him. His mama died when he uh, in birth, when she was giving birth to him. And his stepmom uh, called called him. And one story tells that uh, as he st- stood up to uh, go and uh, meet uh, her he um, from the uh, rock he was sitting on he actually cut himself a little bit at the finger and was uh, kind of an insight into the uh, fragility of the body and the impermanence of uh, of, uh, the body and so is that true it's hard to tell it's it's some time ago now so we're very lucky because we have a whole day of practice here. And so we don't know, this might be our last day of practice. Or you might know, you might say, definitely it's the last time <laughs> I do this. But still you don't know, even then you don't know what's going to happen. You might find your way back in a place like this. Um, but it's very precious conditions here for the to settle the mind, to explore the nature of reality, you could say. So I really encourage you to be careful with this day, because often the mind will skip endings, will move on. Okay, done, next, you know. And so if that's uh, in operation in you, it could be good to actually become fully conscious of this and just explore this. Is that energy liberating or entangling? Is that creating stress or freedom? You know. And so, be uh, careful with this. Be uh, consider this. And uh, also, and one thing is, uh, I have a question for us community: Is um, would everybody be okay if we looked at the? Ride sharing made sure everybody had a ride right to where they're going later at 12 o'clock just to keep the kind of uh, silence and the space we're in. There's very can be very rich, so we don't move too much. Is there somebody would really feel much more at ease if they knew something about this, if that something around that was confirmed or clarified? Good. So we'll do this at 12 o'clock, we'll all come here, sit a little bit, and then we'll talk about the things uh, pertaining to the end of the retreat, how to uh, empty the room, uh, the practice of dana, and uh, the ride-sharing. I think that's man- mainly it. Huh? Are there questions or comments about the practice? And let's try to do this in an embodied way. So if you ask a question, or if you listen to a question, let's keep the practice alive as we... And if there's nothing, we're just going to move on with the day If we want to continue, do there any books that you can advise for Buddhism, like the Buddhism for the Null, or something like that, to continue in this way? Okay. So the question is about books, uh, references to uh, continue practice. So I'll talk about this this afternoon about the going home and how to sustain the practice. So questions this morning could be really around practice here this morning. So thanks for asking, and we'll come back to that. Question: I was thinking about the Buddha um, almost dying, having my memories from childhood, and so often when that kind of thing comes to mind in practice there's a huge wave of nostalgia. Mm. Could you say anything about that? Well, one thing, I'll use you, going back to that memory, to tell that um, that in that turning point, there's a little bit of the story that I find very sweet, is that uh, at the moment where he was about to lose consciousness, uh, there's this character that comes in, Sujata. She's a, a... somebody from the nearby village a young uh, woman and she's um, actually has a, a bowl of uh, some kind of gruel or porridge or, that she just took out of her blender <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, she's on her way to offer this to the gods in the forest and she sees this uh, young man who's clearly in need of help you know, so She has an expression of uh, generosity and uh, benevolence, and she goes and offers uh, him the the nourishment and the the wonderful taste. And and one of his reflections at that time is, uh, I actually don't have to fear this. This is nourishment. I don't have to despise this, fear this. And then he uh, has the memory of uh, and this too, he it thinks, I don't have to fear this. This is not to be avoided, you know, what, what happened there under the tree at that time. And so I'm not sure that he had an experience of melancholia, like a longing to be back. That, that's not how I've uh, taken it, but certainly it can happen to us, and it does. Huh? And so in this practice, is how is this held, you know? What's the feeling of melancholy in so sadness can that be allowed? You know, because it's there. Can that be known? Is that heavy or sweet or distressing? Or you know, what's the what's the taste of longing for something gone? You know? Can that be felt? Can that be welcomed with care? So mind, mindfulness, careful awareness, loving awareness, and uh, what happens to it when we allow it to be there? We don't get caught in it, like, oh my God, it's gone, I want it back, but the feeling of it, like the, I don't know, does it crack the heart a little open, or is it a hollowness? And often what will happen when we have a careful awareness is that it will transform, it won't uh, stay stuck there, it will move into, and suddenly there could be, it could open the door to uh, love, you know, to to space, to joy, to a deeper sadness or grief, you know, and that also would move. The practice that we're doing here, one of my colleagues, um, Catherine McGee, who teaches at uh, at Gaia House in uh, England, she says, transformation does not happen in a rigid mind. You know, when we have this rigid mind, like, I have to stop doing this, I always do this, I'm never going to do this again, what are the chances? Of that succeeding so here what we're doing is we're bringing uh, fluidity in the mind we're making the mind fluid resilient uh, flexible so that it can allow for the comings and goings of life to actually feel them and allow them allow life to take all the forms it takes you know big and subtle and dramatic and boring and you know and so milenko is one of these comings and goings you know. Can that be allowed? I don't know if that. Okay. okay. So now we have a walking session. And you'll hear the bell, and it's gonna be followed by a sitting. And, uh, Yeah, be the be that kid that buddha to be what is your path what form does it take probably not the form of your habits of mind probably it will require some kind of presence to walk your intuitive path you'll know? be you'll need to listen otherwise you might go straight to your habits in that in the habit world there's no transformation It's just more of the same. So let's see the form it takes. If you happen to not be sitting here at the sitting, I'll have a sense that you're somewhere doing something good for your heart or mind. Okay? And maybe at the next sitting after, uh, hold on, how does it, at the next walk after, uh, I'll be uh, offering a, a group if, you know, one, some of you would like to participate in a little group discussion again. Then there will be that option if you haven't been in a group in a second group. Let's put it this way. Okay. All right. So silence is really like the creating the liminal space, the potential here, and so we're really honoring this uh, until the last uh, drop of it later. Thank you. Thank <sniffs>